Welcome to Week in Review, where we recap events and issues pertinent to Central Illinois. I'm WMBD News Director Will Stevenson. A change in the local medical community officially took place this past week. After a number of months of study, Urbana-based Carl Health has officially taken over what was the Unity Point Health Central Illinois facilities, Methodist Hospital, Pekin Hospital, and Proctor Hospital, and their associated facilities. And earlier this week was a time to celebrate that change. I'm Dr. Keith Knepp, president of Carl Health Greater Peoria. First time I get to publicly say that, and it sounds good. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedules to celebrate this special day with us. This is an exciting time for our healthcare system and our community. I want to thank the community for your support, especially over the last few years. Remember all the support that was visibly demonstrated for our team, especially through that first year of the pandemic when we all you know, felt it so hard. And as we made this announcement about this big strategic change for our organization, you understood it. You listened to us and you got behind us and I felt nothing but support and appreciation for this big step forward. And that means a lot to me. We're proud to be part of the Peoria community, the support of our boards, many of whom are here this morning, volunteers, many community agencies, our team members have continued to provide the exceptional health care that our institutions are known for while navigating this transition. Many of our team members are watching as we stream this live this morning. For those of you that are watching online, welcome and thank you for joining us. We're excited to share our expertise and excited to learn from our new colleagues as we integrate into the Carl Health System. And I'd like to next introduce to you Dr. Jim Leonard, CEO of Carl Health. Dr. Leonard. Thank you, Dr. Knapp. What a momentous day this is. I gotta say, I've heard about SRO standing room only, but this is really amazing. And for those of you in the balcony all the way up, <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. Really appreciate everyone coming to celebrate with us. As Dr. Knapp said, I'm Dr. Jim Leonard. I'm the president and CEO of Carl Health. As I drove in today, I really couldn't help but notice all of the green. Living in Illinois, it never ceases to amaze me how spring seems to come at the exact right time every year, just when we need it most when bringing something new really makes the most impact. That symbolism of blossoming or opening is very appropriate today. We're marking a new beginning in Carl Health's history and the start of new growth that brings us here to the greater Peoria area. Our teams from all across the health system have pulled together to weave Carl's Health's value-based culture and clinical excellence with that of the Peoria team. There's still a lot of work to be done, and we're very excited of how that will all move ahead together. The result, I guarantee, will be a rich mosaic of mission-driven, patient-focused healthcare services 
which extend and enhance into the community's access around quality of care, and not just today and tomorrow, but for generations to come. That's the promise of all this. That's the why of why we stand here today. While the countless hours it took to get us to this moment may be over, we aren't done, as I said. In many ways, we are just beginning. When our partnership with each of you individually starts and where we're excited to see that relationship grow and bloom, that's the promise again of what this is all about. Whether you're a new Carl Health team member, an existing patient, or someone who lives or works in the Peoria area, we're here for you and for your families. That's how we see the world. As our teams come together as one, we can't wait to show the community the many ways that you'll be able to count on Carl to help those that we serve in their healthiest life possible. Together with the dedicated support staff, providers who have already built that trust with their patients, and everyone who makes the experience received in Greater Peoria one of a kind, we're committed to offering those we serve opportunities to access expanded cares, added specialty care, and increased array of life-saving technologies. As one United Healthcare team, the opportunities are pretty endless. And we know that all of that doesn't happen without the amazing team that's represented here today and on the online stream. We need all of you on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make sure that the good stuff happens. As we move forward, we remain focused on our North Star, which is our patients. And you'll hear that time and time again from Carl Health and the new expanded team, our North Star. We'll be taking intentional steps to further the integration and support more community members in their healthcare journey. I'm grateful to each and every one of our team members and their work to improve the lives of patients and members throughout all of Central Illinois. Here now to talk more about some of the clinical specifics ahead is Dr. Napoleon Knight, Executive Vice President and our Chief Medical Officer of the Carl Health. Yeah. Thank you, Dr. Leonard. Good morning. It's truly a pleasure to be here with all of you today in this beautiful riverfront city. I don't think the drive over will ever get old. As Chief Medical Officer at Carl Health, I'm excited about the endless possibilities that we have as a group of individuals coming together. When you put great people together, even more amazing things happen, and that's what I am envisioning will happen with all of us. The joining of Methodist Proctor and Pekin Hospitals, Methodist College, and all the clinics and provider practices with the Carl Health System is a perfect marriage of shared missions, visions, and values. It's a win for everyone. The value of being a health system that brings together resources, technologies, innovations, knowledge, and experience from the many parts of our broad organization, all to better serve our patients, is something I've experienced firsthand. And I'm thrilled to extend that network of care for the greater good of patients in the community here in Peoria and beyond. We are truly each better together as we support one another to bring great patient care and experience as well as in adding exceptional value to the communities in which we function, we do so with an exceptional team of healthcare providers, technology, practices, and systems. We can proudly say that our rich wealth of knowledge stems from eight award-winning hospitals, multi-specialty physician group practices with more than 1,300 doctors and advanced practice providers, 
provider-driven health insurance plans, including Health Alliance and First Carolina Care. Carl Illinois College of Medicine, the world's first engineering-based medical school. Methodist College, Stevens Family Clinical Research Institute, and other associated healthcare businesses, all working together to get patients and health plan members the care they need at the right time and at every point in their healthcare journey. Each Carl Hospital brings patient-centered clinical care to the local communities it serves, and Carl Health Methodist Hospital and Carl Health Proctor Hospital join two other Carl Hospitals who also hold magnet designation, which I know a few people out there are really excited about, the nation's highest honor for nursing care, along with a host of other clinical designations and honors. So now we look ahead and to what we can accomplish together. This day marks the beginning of a very bright future together, a future where we are proud to be part of such a committed healthcare team. More Week in Review coming up. Illinois Secretary of State Alexei Giannulli has visited Peoria a few days ago. He gave the city and county more than $2 million in grant money that will help establish the Greater Peoria Auto Crimes Task Force. A timely move, perhaps, given that vehicular hijackings and other related crimes are on the rise in the area. There are a lot of lasting psychological scars because these crimes occur in what we view as a safe space and involve something that most of us do every single day simply getting into our cars and driving, many times with our kids or grandkids in the back seat. The bottom line is that people shouldn't have to fear that they'll be robbed of their vehicle at gunpoint when they get into their vehicle each day. Vehicle thefts prevent, uh, present problems beyond the loss of a ride. Criminals use stolen cars uh, to commit violent crimes. They can obtain personal information from glove boxes and steal an owner's identity and they have access to things like garage door openers that allow them entry into someone's home. Catalytic converter thefts have also become a growing problem with incidents rising in number throughout the state. These valuable devices located in the exhaust systems of vehicles contain precious metals and can sell for more than $1,000. The thefts are often carried out quickly with thieves using electric saws to remove the converters from the vehicles. Some thieves uh, can steal a converter now in less than one minute. There's no single solution, obviously, but ensuring that law enforcement officials in Peoria have the funding and tools they need to combat these crimes is absolutely critical. Working together, we will continue to not only make our roads safer, but also our communities, neighborhoods, and business districts. This funding gives them financial resources that will enhance efforts to strategically prevent carjackings, auto thefts, and metal thefts. The grant originates from the 11-member, are you ready for this mouthful, Illinois Vehicle Hijacking and Motor Vehicle Theft Prevention and Insurance Verification Council, which is overseen by my office. By my office. Peoria County State's Attorney uh, Jody Hoos, uh, who is our host here today, serves on this council. The funds are raised from an annual assessment on automobile insurance policies. And the Illinois General Assembly also appropriated an infusion of $30 million last year to help with these important public safety efforts. So I want to thank our friends in the General Assembly for understanding uh, the critical nature um, of this grant. The Secretary of State's office convenes regular meetings of these council members and awards funding to assist law enforcement entities, including the Secretary of State Police, to prevent carjacking, and motor vehicle thefts. 
and I want to thank the 11 member council for their hard work in helping to select these grant recipients. Statewide, my office is awarding more than $21 million to help six law enforcement entities increase manpower, tools, and strategies to combat carjacking and motor vehicle theft. Since this important program moved under my office's authority in 2018, more than 4,700 stolen vehicles have been recovered at a value of approximately $92 million. Uh, I want to sincerely thank the entire Peoria law enforcement community for their efforts to protect residents in this community from motor vehicle theft and violent crimes such as carjacking. Working together, we can and will make our streets safer for everyone. Uh, I care deeply about Peoria. I've been here many times. I've got friends here, very close friends, and not just politically, but personally, Peoria and the safety of its residents is something that's very important to me. I've heard uh, both anecdotally and through statistics the challenges that Peoria uh, County is facing with uh, motor vehicle thefts and carjackings. So I'm excited to be here today with all of you. I'm excited to announce this grant, but please know that our job here is not done. We have a lot more work to do, and ideally I can come back every single year and continue to work with you all. I'm going to let some other folks uh, say a few words, and then at the end of uh, you guys have any questions, either myself or uh, Adam from my office can, uh, can help out. So uh, first I'd like to ask Peoria County State's Attorney uh, Jody Hoos uh, to come say a few words. Jody. Thank you. Thank you. First I want to thank Secretary of State Janulius for uh, overseeing what I'll just say is the council. Uh, there's so many words in that title that I can't even remember them and I'm on the council. Uh, but thank you for your oversight in that. Thank you for being here today. That means a lot to us here in uh, central Illinois in the Peoria area. Uh, our local legislators, uh, Ryan Spain, Dave Kaler, thank you so much uh, for not just your presence here and your support. Tackling crime is tough. Uh, it's not an easy job, but it makes our job easier when we have legislators um, that back certain initiatives and help fund um, certain uh, plans that can be put in place to tackle specific parts of crime. Crime doesn't just stop when the car is stolen. Uh, those stolen vehicles are then often used to commit even more violent offenses, such as armed robberies and burglaries. That is why I'm so very pleased to be standing here today with all of these individuals who have helped make this happen, uh, and I'm so very pleased to bring this task force to our community. These funds which, as the Secretary of State mentioned, um, this will be a four-year cycle, so we're hoping uh, to put in, if everything goes well, to put in again in the future, and if we successfully get those grants, for a four-year total of $8.6 to combat uh, and target this particular type of offense. We will use those funds to improve technology. We will have dedicated detectives as well as dedicated prosecutors all working together so that we have a concentrated focus on reducing auto-related theft crimes in our community. Uh, now I'd like to introduce the Peoria Chief of Police, uh, Eric Echevarria. I want to start off by thanking Secretary of State, our local legislators, the Illinois Vehicle Hijacking and Motor Vehicle Theft Prevention and Insurance Verification Council for their gracious gift of $2.1 million to create the Greater Peoria Auto Crime Task Force, or GPACT. Since 2001, or 2021, I'm sorry, Peoria County has seen a historically high number of crimes related to carjackings and motor vehicle thefts. During that time, we have had 
35 aggravated vehicle hijackings, 10 vehicular hijackings, and 2,005 motor vehicle thefts. Think about those numbers for just a moment. In 2023, in Peoria, we've already had 293 stolen vehicles. That's three months. Although there is not one single solution for this growing problem, the collaborative efforts between the Peoria County State's Attorney, Jody Hoos, Peoria County Sheriff, Watkins, Secretary of State Police, and the Peoria Police Department will be a game changer for our community and the surrounding areas. The partnership with the State's Attorney will provide consistency to the investigations and prosecution for these types of crimes by providing greater offender accountability. The task force brings together multi-agency partners who will closely monitor and address the criminal activity that has been plaguing our community for years. Our ultimate goal is to reduce the high numbers we have seen. This task force will help in spotting trends and identifying suspects across Peoria County. So to those of you who are listening and want to continue causing violence in our city, I want you to know that this task force is committed to stopping you. Like I have said before, you have three options. Don't do the crime, leave our county, or go to jail. We will not tolerate this behavior any longer. These crimes impact the families in our community, and we are committed to addressing the illegal activities and providing a safer Peoria for all through this essential partnership. Thank you. Uh, now I'd like to introduce the Peoria County Sheriff, uh, Chris Watkins. Uh, Peoria County Sheriff, Chris Watkins. I first want to say thank you for our stakeholders in the room, um, especially State's Attorney Jody Hoos. She has spearheaded this, uh, the implementation of the task force. So um, thank you very much. Carjackings are obviously a very serious crime that involves use of weapons and threat of violence. It can be traumatic experience to our victims that have long-lasting effects of their lives. Catalytic converter thefts might not be violent, but it still is wreaking havoc in our communities right now. Um, our task force will focus on several key areas, prevention, investigation, and prosecution. Uh, we will work to identify high-risk areas, develop strategies, reduce um, the likelihood of these crimes. We will also work closely with other law enforcement agencies to investigate and apprehend uh, those that commit these crimes and ensure that they're brought to justice. I look forward to working together with the agencies that are involved in making Peoria a safer place and to raise our families. Thank you. More Week in Review coming up. There's a new but familiar name at the helm of Easter Seals of Central Illinois. The new president and CEO is Melissa Riddle, taking over recently for the retired Steve Thompson. Riddle recently talked with WMBD's Greg Batten and Dan DiOrio. Tell us about this new adventure for you. We know that Steve and Mo had the big send-off not long ago, the big tribute dinner, which I attended. It was fabulous. Um, then then what? Ha how does that transition go for you? It, you'd been there for a while. so But tell us about that. What happens? Yeah, it's been a great, fun ride that we've had. It's been a wonderful uh, whirlwind. We had a very successful dinner that night. It was fun to send Steve and Maureen Thompson off and, yeah, in good. flying colors. And we've just kept the ball going from there. Our team is wonderful, and we continue to see more kids. We're providing more therapy hours. Um, we just see a great need in our community, and 
taking the ball rolling. The, well, what, what, what you have seen, though, over the last 10, 15 years, and this is maybe why Steve decided to retire, because it's a lot. There are many, many more balls in the air that Easter Seals deals with, the whole uh, autism spectrum side just being one. But you have really expanded so much that uh, there's a lot on your plate. Yeah, there is. But we have a wonderful team, you know, mm-hmm. that joins us and, and we're thriving and we just want to serve more kids in our community. We want to be um, a wonderful addition to the community and meet the needs of, of the families that we, we see. Come What's the, the biggest challenge right now? I mean, obviously, you always have to fundraise. You have to worry about how we can afford to do everything you want to do. Right? There's probably yeah. a wish list that outpaces the uh, the donation list, I would imagine. Uh, but besides the money part, what is it? What is the challenge these days? Yeah, I think the biggest challenge is that there's so many kids out there that we we want to serve and we want to come through our door, and it's just you know trying to do our best to meet the needs of the entire community and be there. For is them. there a messaging issue in that? I, I, I would think that everybody knows what Easter Seals is, but I've been around you guys for my whole career, and Danny too. Uh, are some families, I'm thinking of a young family, maybe a young family doesn't know that you provide the services that you provide. Is that accurate? Yeah, I think that that, that is the case in some um, situations. And that's why we try to you know really concentrate on marketing too. And, and I think our best um, way to get the word out there is just word of mouth and relationships and you know talking to people and let them know what, what services we provide, what we can do for the community. I think of Easter Seals, I think of kids, uh, little ones, little ones, I, I think of, uh, anywhere from zero to ten, right? But beyond that, how far do you serve up the uh, the uh, age uh, range? Do you, you do adults, uh, or is it cut off at a certain age? I don't know the answer to that. We, we mostly focus on kids, um, 18, 21, but mostly, most of our population is, you know, in the lower range of the kiddos. And when do you first come into play? Do you come into play because a parent calls you? Or you, do you come into play because a doctor calls you? Or is it a combination of both? Yeah, it can maybe be a combination of both. But it's more common that um, a doctor would give a referral to a parent. Um, or the early intervention um, would give a referral. And they would reach out to Easter Seals. And then we would go from there. And uh, then... Typical services, give me, I know there's probably no answer to typical, but but give me some idea of, of the kind of services. Yeah, we really focus on speech therapy, occupational therapy, physical therapy, um, our ABA services. What is ABA? Um, applied behavioral analysis services. Okay. So that, what does that mean exactly? So that's where um, we have kiddos that may have autism. Okay. Um, right. And we bring them in and just work on their skill sets and um, help them with day-to-day type activities. I would think one of the areas that must, and Dan brought it up a few minutes ago about the number of things you do, but uh, that the autism, um, once you embrace that, I don't know how many years ago that was, 10 years ago or more, uh, I remember Steve coming in to talk about it, um, that that has done a lot for families to feel more welcome or more, I hate to say this word, but I'm going to say it for lack of uh, any other word I can find, normalized a bit so that the child doesn't feel like they're standing over there. It's like, bring them in, bring them in. We'll figure it out, right? Schools are better at it. You help with schools, I would imagine. Um, And that need doesn't go away. That's not going away. And it's not going down, is it? 
No, it's not. Um, no, it's not. Autism is here. Um, and what is the number again? It's one in how many? One in 36 now. Um, wow. It was one in 44, and they just released that, I believe, last week, and it's down to it's at one in 36 now. So we really, again, just we have services that we can help the families with, help the kids with, and we are here to do what we can. All right. And I think one of the most important things, though, is and being entrenched in the community the way you are, and the contacts you have made, and a lot of that done by Steve, is uh, transitioning these kids into young adults into occupational opportunities. Uh, you're getting a great employee a lot of times, uh, enthusiastic. And and so that is the end result. You see these kids at 9, 10, 11, 12, and now you see them as young adults holding a responsible job at 19, 20. That has to be satisfying. Yeah, absolutely. We love to see those successes. You know, we celebrate all kinds of successes along the way. Um, and I, those, you know, it's what we're here for. It's what yeah, we do. It's, what you, it's a good way to get up every day, right? It's absolutely. Good, it's good motivation to go to work. Uh, coming up is the Easter Seals Community Rally. By the way, we're talking with Melissa Riddle. She is the president and CEO of Easter Seals Central Illinois. Uh, the Easter Seals Community Rally, uh, I don't really know what that all encompasses. What is that? Yeah, so the Easter Seals Community Rally, it's about everyone across central Illinois getting involved in our mission of ensuring kids of all abilities can reach their full potential. Um, we kick it off with a run, walk, and rally race. One is in East Peoria at the Levy District and one is in Bloomington. Both are on April 15th. They're a lot of fun. Um, our ability awareness program is being taught to hundreds of elementary school children and in the is, area. what is that about? So it's it's an it's an opportunity where uh, Molly Hojaboom, who's our staff, who is very no, well known in the community, can provide education to the kids. Um, it's as a, the first step of inclusion. So she comes into the school to do that. Yeah, oh. she does. Yep. That's cool. I think we've met Molly before over the years. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Absolutely, she's wonderful. All right, and that, and what else is a part of the rally? So we also have a week long telethon. That's going to be at our Peoria location. So we're super excited about that. Really? Where do we see that? What? what uh, where's the telethon going to be? WMBD. WMBD. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's okay. Yep. Yeah, and yeah. I believe it airs from yeah. four to six. Cool. Monday cool. through Friday. All right. Um, our well, amazing. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, multi-day, that's that's neat. Yeah. Yeah. So on our community, we have a community rally committee. Um, they're coordinating all types of restaurant nights, local fundraising events, and they're celebrating alongside our families in all of our communities in the area. What can we do for you? Me and Dan, what can we do for you? I would just cheer us on. Right. The, the well, community rally is a lot of fun. Um, it's bringing everybody together. Again, it's celebrating the families, um, and it's just being there for them, yeah. having a good time. The run, um, walk, and rally is really a true family-friendly event. You can do a 5K run if you're a runner, or you can do a 1K walk right along a lot of our friends in the community and our families. And then there's activities for the kids afterwards. So it's a fun, fun. celebration. We're hoping for good weather. Yeah, uh, we're, we're heading that way it looks like it's going to be yeah. a nice little run of weather uh is there a place to sign up ahead of time for the run walk part absolutely you can go to our website easterstillci.com you can just google it and you can sign up there and if you're a last minute person with lots of plans in your life you can also come that day and sign up so 
All right, Melissa Riddle, this is the part of the interview where uh, we are going to vary from Easter Seals and go to this, because Steve Thompson, by the time we got done with him, we knew everything about him, right? It was hard not to know everything about Steve Thompson. So tell us something about you. Let's, let's meet Melissa Riddle for a second. I know off air that your husband, Tony, is the baseball coach at Metamore and teaches health. I know that. Does other, other thing, where do you come from? Are you from here? Yeah, yes, I am. I, I'm originally from here. I actually am just live outside of Metamore. I grew up in the community so i've been around for many years um did you graduate from high school in peoria i didn't i i graduated at low point washburn my kids low point washburn danny what are you if you're a low point washburn what's the name of the teams there that would be a wildcat a wildcat yes i don't think i've ever had a low point wild uh, washburn wildcat in the studio before no it's very exciting yeah uh that's fun small community it is. So you, you come from that. You come from family. You come from people sticking together. I do. I live on a farm. I grew up on a farm. Oh my I, gosh. I live on the farm. And so my kids go to Metamora um, High School and grade school now. My husband's a, a teacher and a coach there. They also play softball uh, and baseball. So we love the community, have been around for many years here to support it. And That's nice. Well, it's great to meet you. Well, you know, Greg, we can ask yeah. her this question. Yes. If you are going to be an official farm dog, don't you have to do some herding? Okay, Danny is referencing something that we're trying to do for a mutual <laughs> friend of ours. I don't know if you remember a, a woman named Colleen Callahan, who forever yeah. was our broadcasting Absolutely. partner in the ag world here. Her husband, Dick, is trying to nominate his dog to yeah. be uh, the farm dog of the year. And yeah. we're trying to help our friend Dick to do this. So Dan far, the the dog's only real, uh, <laughs> true, positive uh, uh, aspects <laughs> Is that it looks good riding in a combine. Yeah, he's in a I, combine. I think you, I think you got to get a little dirty. I'm telling Dan that you don't have to be a working dog. That way, it's different. Farming's different now. You can, yeah. It's sophisticated. More Week in Review coming up. It's time to play ball. The regular season for the Peoria Chiefs got underway this past Thursday. There are some changes this year you'll need to know about when you go to see a game at Dozer Park. WMBD's TJ Carson talked about it with the voice of the Chiefs and media relations manager, Cody Schindler. There are some new stadium policies you guys announced. Uh, one that jumped out to us was uh, cashless now at the stadium. Yeah, it's a, it's a trend that's, um, that's really been, uh, popping up kind of all over, um, the country, right? Uh, places, uh, trending towards, uh, cashless. Uh, it's something that Major League Baseball, uh, really wants us to do, kind of, uh, move, uh, everything towards kind of a digital world. Um, and that's part of it. Um, so yeah, we are going cashless beginning tonight. Um, so we encourage fans to, uh, bring a debit card, a credit card, uh, their preferred method of payment. Uh, but we will be going cashless, and, um, you know, we, we just want to try to get ahead of it and, uh, you know, make it as, as little a headache as possible for our fans and uh, make it easy on our, our, our concession workers as well. Uh, you know, they, they, they put in a lot of hours behind the scenes and food service staff and all those folks as well. So I'm uh, just trying to make this as smooth as possible, and hopefully we can uh, iron out uh, any issues here in this uh, opening homestand. Now, this is the first year you guys have gone cashless, is that correct? That's correct. Okay. Uh, what areas are being affected by this? Is this all over the ballpark? Is there maybe a certain spot or two that could still take cash? Yes, that's correct. The uh, team store, the Firehouse team store, which is open uh, during all of our home games, will still accept uh, cash transactions. And uh, I should add as well, for our Education Day games, uh, Wednesday, May 3rd, Wednesday, May 10th, 
and our splash day, Wednesday, June 7th, we will uh, accept cash for the uh, for the kids. Okay. Uh, how do you see the benefit of this, or what, what kind of benefits do you see moving forward with this policy? Well, I think for us, we're always looking for ways just to kind of expedite uh, the process uh, at the concession stand and uh, try to cut down on wait times. Um, I know that's something that uh, we're really focusing on this year, and 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 hopeful uh, that this is a part of uh, of a trend. Um, you know, look, obviously, uh, you know, the pitch clock keeps the game moving, right? So uh, we don't want fans to spend too much time in, in the uh, concession line. So uh, we think this is a part of it, and then throw it in with some of uh, the major leagues, uh, uh, some of major league baseball's guidelines and suggestions. Um, we put two and two together and, and are ready to uh, kind of try it out this year and, and see how it goes. But, you know, this first weekend, right, I think is a, is a great opportunity for us to, to welcome fans back to the ballpark and, and iron out any issues that do arise. So this is, a, um, in a way, a great trial period for us um, so that uh, we can ensure that we only get uh, better as the year goes on. And I see one of those changes as well that uh, if – Correct me if this isn't a new one this year, but uh, digital tickets is now uh, happening at the ballpark. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, so if you purchase tickets day of game, uh, tickets will be texted directly to you. Uh, they show up in a matter of five to ten seconds. Um, so far, we've gotten some pretty good feedback on it, um, and uh, we, we've had no issues uh, to this point. Say, uh, say you come out um, tomorrow. Uh, to the, the box office here at Dozer Park looking to purchase a ticket for Saturday's game, you will have a print-at-home email option available as well. So a couple of ways to uh, still get your tickets, uh, whether that be at home, uh, via email, uh, or instantaneously with the uh, the digital uh, text messaging. Did anything prompt this change? What inspired the change for this policy? Yeah, again, a lot of it's just Major League Baseball. They're, they're trying to, to go digital um, and it's kind of uh, a thing that, that we're trying to do as well, and just kind of follow those guidelines and and go from there. Um, you know, it's such a digital world nowadays, um, so I, I think we're just kind of trying to, to, to follow the trend and and, and really go from there. Uh, and at the box office, is that cashless as well, or is cash still a potential option there? Pardon me? Uh, at the box office when buying tickets, uh, is cash still an option, or is that also uh, cashless? Um, yeah, that that uh, it, it's cashless as well um, at the moment. Um, you know that that there there might be a little more leniency at the box office, especially early in the season. Um, but we we are progressing that way as well at the box office to uh, uh, to go strictly uh, card. Okay. Now, uh, I want uh, to walk you walk through a potential situation. So I get off work here. I decide, okay, I want to go to the ball game tonight. So I go walk a couple blocks over to Dozer Park. I don't have a ticket, so I go up to the box office. I buy a ticket, and then within seconds, I get a link to the ticket on my phone. Is that correct? That is correct, yep. You'll just click that link. The tickets will uh, pop up there on the screen for you, uh, and then one of our, uh, our great ticket takers will scan that for you, and, and you're in the ballpark in a matter of moments. All right. And then I also see a clear bag policy that – isn't quite in effect yet. Uh, it's going to happen later this month. Uh, can you talk about that change? Is that another Major League Baseball policy that's uh, being implemented? That's correct, and we, we wanted to kind of um, you know implement that one a little, uh, perhaps a little more slowly than, than some of the other policies, just to kind of uh, give everyone a heads up on that. And uh, we're going to give away a clear bag on Saturday, so that way uh, 
you know, if there are some fans who say, well, hey, I don't have a clear bag at the moment, we understand that. We're providing a, a clear bag as one of our uh, giveaways on uh, Saturday, April 8th. Uh, so we're just trying to do as, as much as we can to uh, give everyone a little bit of time to adapt to uh, that policy and then uh, kind of go from there. Um, and we will begin enforcement on uh, Tuesday, April 17th. Uh, when we welcome in Fort Wayne. And then uh, any inspiration behind that policy besides just Major League Baseball looking into it or wanting it? I'm just... Yeah, I mean, it's, a lot of these, these rules are you know, driven from Major League Baseball with the, uh, the, the player, the, the PDL that was signed a couple years ago. Um, you know, we work a lot more closely uh, with the folks um, in, their, uh, in, in the big offices there in New York. But also it's just a, an extra safety measure, right? We always want to make sure that, that uh, our fans uh, feel safe and, and a clear bag policy is just another way that everyone can kind of uh, keep, keep an eye on things and, and go from there. Okay. Any other thoughts on the new policies there? Yeah, uh, not a whole lot. Um, you know, the only other thing that, um, you know, I, I would mention is that we did bring back the early entry for uh, veterans um, so they can get in 10 minutes early uh, with a valid military ID. Uh, you, you can also bring uh, one guest to accompany you uh, through the uh, early entry gate. So that's something that we, we had. Um, and then uh, the last couple of years it, uh, it went away. Um, but uh, bringing that back this year um, just as a, as a thank you for, for everything they've done and, and uh, just another way to uh, uh, kind of engage the fan base a little bit. So. All right. Uh, let's talk about the team for 2023. Uh, you guys announced the roster uh, yesterday, 40th season. I, we'll start with this. What's the 40th season mean? Like, uh, what's the significance of that uh, for Peoria and the Chiefs in general? Yeah, I think in terms of, of what it means to the city, it, it just goes to show that baseball has a, a longstanding tradition here. And when you come down to Dozer Park, you walk into the suite entrance, uh, we've got more than 200 plaques on the wall signifying uh, every player who made the journey from Peoria to the big leagues. Uh, Greg Maddox, a Hall of Famer, Albert Pujols, and Yadier Molina will soon join him. Um, so we've, uh, we, we really embrace our history. And, and I think for us it, it, it takes on a little bit more relevancy after the last couple of years, right? Uh, 2020, our season was canceled. Uh, so this is our 40th on-field season. Now, uh, you know, someone might do the math and, and say, hey, wait a second, the Chiefs were in existence in 1982, and, and that is a fair statement. Uh, but this is our 40th on-field season. So I, I think it means a lot um, when you think about the history and some of the guys who have come through uh, this town that went on to uh, have uh, impressive, heck, Hall of Fame, uh, big league careers, and then, too, just uh, everything that we've been through the last couple of years. I mean, we are a small business, after all. We're locally owned, um, so we face a lot of the same problems that, that other businesses and other companies faced here in central Illinois. And, and just to be able to, to, to come back and, and, and kind of get back to pre-pandemic levels here in 2023, I think we're all really good. That does it for this edition of Week in Review. Join us at this time next week on this Midwest Communications Station for another recap of some of the biggest issues and events in Central Illinois. You don't have to wait for Week in Review to get the lowdown on what's happening in Central Illinois. For instant news 24-7, follow us at 1470 WMBD on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and at WMBDRadio.com. I'm Will Stevenson, WMBD News.